Jamie Summers from Afternoons with Heart and Humor. Something you may not know about me is I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. So I eat healthy, try to stay as active as possible. That's also why I was so excited when I heard that Dr. Kellum at the Kellum Stem Cell Institute is able to retrieve my own stem cells and place them exactly where I need them most with focused infusions. If you're ready for something more effective and a healthier way to heal, get more information at KellumStemCellInstitute.com. Catching up with Craig Dennison, CEO of Dennison Ministries, and we're talking about a brand new devotional holding in my hand right here, Emmanuel, a beautiful devotional, beautiful book, First 15 Devotionals, uh, Volume 1, Issue 12. Uh, thank you so much, Craig, for making some time for us. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Now, talk a little bit about uh, First 15. What is the heart behind First 15? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. Yeah, so... Spending time alone with God radically transformed my life in a season where I desperately needed something to be different. I found that rhythm in college, and I had the opportunity in 2015 to be able to help other people uh, really answer this call to God's invitation to meet with us as His people, not as a sense of obligation, but truly as a sense of invitation. So in 2015, we launched First 15, just helping people begin their days in worship and reading and prayer. And our first year, we had a little over a million people visit our website and now have a consistent audience of about 1.5 million people literally around the world that are using First 15 as their resource to connect with God in a meaningful way every day. That's awesome. And and we know it's so important. It's one of those things that I think is the struggle of every believer. We know the importance of it. I'm assuming the number one reason why we don't do it is because we feel we don't have enough time? I think that's a huge thing. I think we don't know. And when we do spend time, I don't know that we know what to do with the time. You know, Scripture can be a complicated book to engage in. There's so much worship music. If we're not in continual conversation with God, it can kind of be hard to know how to start those conversations. And uh, so that's what we really seek to do is to help people not only realize that they can have a really meaningful, transformative experience of God in just 15 minutes, but that we can chalk fill those 15 minutes with meaningful experiences so that in worship and reading and prayer, you can really walk away from that experience feeling connected to God and abiding with Him throughout your day. So I guess that's the appeal then for some that may feel that de- devotional books or or daily interactions might be too challenging or they're intimidated by it. Um, what sets Emmanuel apart? Yeah, you know, I think Christmas is such a critical season. Uh, it's a season where we're so busy. We all have this desire, I think, as believers that we want to maintain some sense of perspective about the coming of Christ and the importance of that for our hearts and our lives and even this season. And especially in years like this one, I think we need some sort of daily guide to begin our days, focusing our time and attention on the reality that God is with us, which is what Emmanuel means, God with us, and that it's more than a reality just of a word to throw on a throw pillow or a blanket somewhere, but it's something we can actually experience every day in a transformative way. So that in seasons like this Christmas season, in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of all the craziness, we really can find and keep that sense of connection with Christ who is with us. I really feel that of all the years, this is the year we wanted and needed Christmas to come sooner because it's been so so tumultuous. So I definitely applaud you for the timing of this because I think the idea of someone coming to me and saying, hey, here's a devotional, here's 15 minutes, and it's really going to make a difference not only in your life as the individual, but also in the family. Uh, you and your wife, Rachel, really have a heart to invest in Christian families. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we really... 
I care about the state of family. And then things like this year, we have two boys who are four and two, and life is crazy. You know, it's hard for me as an author of First of Teen to get 15 minutes alone with God every day. That can be a real struggle for me as well. And so in seasons like this one, especially we wanted to create this devotional book just because we're so inundated with technology and we believe in technology. We want to use technology to help people have a meaningful experience with God. But I myself have loved the opportunity with devotionals like this one with Emmanuel to kind of set my phone aside or my computer aside, get in a chair and even just for 15 minutes to be technology free and to have a meaningful experience with God with a physical book like this, Emmanuel Devotional. So First 15 includes worship as a part of the experience, uh, unique from most devotionals. Why deciding to include worship? Yeah, you know, my best my best plan for my life is to be a guitar player on a stage somewhere. And so I was actively pursuing that when really found this rhythm of meaning meaningful, uh, spending meaningful time with God, and God kind of moves my path into this devotional writing and leadership space. I'm a powerful believer that worship isn't just for Sunday morning, but is meant to be a, a resource and a tool for us to center our hearts and our minds and our lives on the goodness and the character of God. I think so many times alone with God, so often uh, we are still the center of that time, our own issues and concerns or desire to learn. And worship is the way that we want to start every first team devotional, because I, I think we desperately what we need most is for God to be the center of that time. And I don't know a better spiritual discipline or practice to achieve that than to begin our time with God uh, with worship and meaningful songs and have that time of reflection, of singing, of contemplation. I often feel like things I carried into my time alone with God as a burden that before I was even able to engage in Scripture or in prayer or in reading of some form, that just in my time of worship, those burdens are kind of lifted as I set my eyes on the goodness and character and glory of God, and things just kind of get into a healthier perspective. So I think that's the critical way to begin time alone with God. That's why we have that. Every first team begin with a time of worship. Mm, I love that. I love that. Well, what do you feel are the key elements of an effective devotional? What does a devotional need? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it needs vulnerability. Um, I think so often as Christians, we have a tendency to, we, we feel like we have answers, right? God has given us truth. He's given us answers, and we want to proclaim those answers and those, that truth. But I think what we need and what God actually invites us to is a state of authenticity and vulnerability. In our time with God, first and foremost, I think we have to show up to that time, ready to talk to God about anything, and even beginning that time as we're in worship, just getting a sense of where we are and how we're doing and how we could lay those things at the feet of Jesus and worship. I think that's the first key component is vulnerability, authenticity. And every first team, we try to invite people into that place of self-assessment and vulnerability. Second, I think we have to set our eyes and our focus on God and His character and His goodness in that context of self-awareness and vulnerability. And then third, the thing that we kind of weave through worship and reading and prayer is a tone. I think we have to have faith that in just 15 minutes, God can do something profound and powerful. That He, I think, like the loaves and the fish, can take 15 minutes of worship and reading and prayer, multiply them for the ability to satiate us as His people and to transform us and to feed us the way that He so desperately desires to do that. And so I think we have to show up to our time and throughout our time have faith that if we're burdened, that God really can take that burden. If we're not sure where to go, God can direct us. He can speak to us. He can guide us. If we need a sense of of clarity, if we need a sense of peace, whatever it might be that God, as we spend meaningful time with Him, can and will meet us exactly where we are, give us what we need, and lead us into the life that He has for us. Mm, 
I love that. Well, you mentioned prayer. So I think for some of us, maybe the guys, I can definitely come up with a to-do list. So I'm going to get up, I'm going to read this book, but then maybe I'm feeling intimidated about uh, prayer because I don't fully understand it. Talk a little bit about, obviously, the importance of prayer. And for those that feel they don't know how to do it, what would you say? Yeah, I think it really can be a challenging topic, especially in our faith expression in the West. I don't know that we've cultivated a real understanding of the ability to have conversation with God. By conversation, I mean it's a two-way street. It's not just us to Him. He doesn't just speak through open doors or all these other avenues. He does speak through those, but not only those things or through other people or through His Word, but actually His Spirit, fellowships with our spirit. First Corinthians said that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, and He desperately, I think, wants to communicate to us and can and will communicate to us if we'll simply listen. And so prayer is the way that we end every devotional to help believers come to that place of conversation. We have guided questions and prompts so that you're not having to generate those things on your own. And then in that time of guided prayer, just a few prayer points, I really believe, and we're hearing constantly stories of people asking God questions and finding that He really is speaking to them in ways that are even beyond words. And throughout their days, they're starting to find God conversing with them in meaningful ways. And that, to me, is the is the most powerful piece of this. Is We're not just filling your mind with these devotional thoughts, but really we're trying to help you create space for God to fill, that He'll show up and He'll speak and move and uh, give us those, those things that we need. Awesome. Awesome. Well, what do you hope people uh, take away from their time in the devotional? Yeah, specifically with this, I think that people, my hope is that people take away that God truly is with us, I think to a greater degree than we've yet experienced, uh, to a greater degree than most of us are aware of and know. And as we experience that God truly is Emmanuel, God truly is with us, that that really can transform everything. And in Scripture, we see there's a higher promise of transformation, and something like peace in Philippians that doesn't come through the resolution of circumstances, but is given in the midst of circumstances. So as we're in these challenging circumstances, I think there's this higher promise of Emmanuel with us. As Scripture says that Jesus is a man well acquainted with grief. He's a man of sorrows. He meets us where we are. He has empathy for us and compassion and wants to be with us in the midst of these hard times in a way that can produce profound effect in our lives. Mm. Well, we certainly know that God's truths are timeless. The Bible is timeless, but yet how we interact and encourage people to engage changes with the seasons, with technology. Uh, What do you think Christian ministry is going to look like 10 or even 20 years down the road? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. I to- and I totally agree with that. These truths are timeless, but God in His grace invites us in all the use of technology to be able to engage with those truths in meaningful ways. And so I thought we are such a uh, big believer in using things like mobile apps and podcasts and all that stuff for first 15. When I look 10, 15 years down the road, I think we're going to need more of an undertone of vulnerability in our Christian communication. I think we've built a little bit too much of a system of we have the right answers and we're going to tell you all of these right answers. And while that while that's true, we need to be able to speak the truth in love. I think we need to first and foremost share how we don't have everything together, but the power of God is that He meets us in our weakness. And that when we are weak, He is strong. And that becoming the story that we're communicating of the gospel, um, I think is going to be really key. And even as Christian leaders and communicators that we're leading with our own vulnerability in ways that we don't have everything together, I think is going to be really key if this gospel message is not going to fall on deaf ears, but 
truly is going to invite people into a meaningful relationship with God. And I think it's going to keep utilizing modern technology. I really believe, I mean, you look 20 years down the road, and there's going to be, I think, over 90% of the Earth's population that should have access to the Internet based on new technology that they're inventing, different ways to get Wi-Fi and devices in people's hands. So I don't know that there's ever been a greater opportunity for the global expansion of the gospel than today as you combine Christian content and the opportunity for us to communicate who God is with modern technology and the ability to deliver those messages straight to people's devices in their pocket instantaneously all around the world. It's a unique opportunity, and my hope and what I believe is that Christians will keep utilizing and advancing those technologies and combining God's truth with the use of technology to proclaim His gospel in really life in world-shattering ways. Craig Dennison, CEO of Dennison Ministries, First 15, the devotional is Emmanuel. It just so happens that we're getting close to uh, spending 15 minutes of time together. So uh, before we go, uh, are there any other things from the book or other takeaways that you want to pass along? Oh, yeah, thanks so much. And thanks so much for having me. I would say that every time I talk about this subject, my main fear that someone would hear this and say, oh, I know I should be reading Scripture, I know I should be praying, I know I should be worshiping, and that word should coming up. So often, and uh, I really want to say that in all of this, this is simply an opportunity and it's an invitation. It's not an obligation. God doesn't obligate us into a relationship with Him, obligate us into His presence, the experiences of all these promises and gifts He has for us. Instead, every day when you wake up first thing in the morning, there's an invitation right there waiting for you that your Heavenly Father, your Creator, this Emmanuel desperately wants to know you and meet with you and desperately wants you to know Him. So don't do this out of obligation. It's okay if you miss a day. It's okay if you miss days. It's okay if it's been years since you've engaged with God or it's been time in Scripture or prayer. That invitation is still there and God is excited to meet with you.